you know, I moved in here with very little money. And um, basically, everything pretty much has been donated. Donald Washington is showing me around his new apartment, his first real home in a long, long time. These paintings came from the guy upstairs. He's in recovery. He had a few other things. He said, well, Donald, do you need this? And I said, well, yeah, I'll hang them proudly. (laughs) Washington wasn't so lucky when he looked for a job. Every time he checked the box that asked, have you ever been convicted of a felony, employers lost interest. So he tried a new tack. Prior to lying on the box, every time I would check that box, you know, have you been convicted, things like that, I would never get a call back, an interview, or anything. And when I stopped doing that, I noticed that I would get callbacks. I would get interviews. But unfortunately... You know, it was short-lived because when they found out that I had a quarry, I was let go. Quarry is short for Criminal Offender Records Information, which means Washington is in the Massachusetts Criminal Data Bank. That's because he was convicted of stealing petty cash from his job to buy drugs. He did his time seven years and got out. In Massachusetts, almost anyone can get a clearance to look up quarries, from employers, landlords, and government agencies to members of the general public. Nearly a million and a half requests for quarries filter through the data bank every year. For Donald Washington and tens of thousands like him, a quarry is a scarlet letter of our time, a mark of guilt and shame that scares the boss or the landlord. I don't want to be stuck with that stigmatism of just being an ex-felon. My life is more than that, and I have a lot to give and a lot to offer my community, but it feels like I'm being locked out. In Massachusetts, 20,000 men and women, disproportionately people of color, walk out of jails and prisons every year. They hope to start a new life, but Corey's lock them out. As soon as they check that box on an application, the door to opportunity slams shut. No job, no apartment, no food stamps, no right to vote, no student loans for education or job training. Checking the box, says Juan Filomeno, is damned if you do and damned if you don't. I got to the last page where it asks you, have you been convicted of a felony? Have you ever been arrested? And uh, I wanted to be honest, so I checked the boxes. Yes, I have. And I explained to the interviewer at the end <clears throat> what was the conviction about and, and uh, how it came about. And uh, at that point, the interviewer told me after he had offered me the job for the next day to start that they will have to review it because of the quarry. It's not just jobs. It's about all kinds of opportunities. Shirley Hollis faced similar obstacles when she finished her sentence. She says the negative repercussions go on and on. I talked to her on a bus filled with people who were going to Boston to talk to their legislators about Cory reform. Well, I would like to get a decent job, decent housing, 
um, you know, be able to, be, you know, be looked up in the community as a decent person and not, you know, a drug addict or um, a criminal, you know, and that's what happens when you have a Corey, you know, they, they, they look down on us, you know what I'm saying, instead of giving us a chance, and we need chances. Lois Ahrens is an advocate for prisoners at the Real Cost of Prisons Project. She wants people who have served time in prison to get back on their feet. Yet time and again, she's seen advancement blocked and hope stalled. When it gets to be this huge problem is, is that there are tens and tens of thousands of people that have quarries that are being prohibited from making a livelihood. They just know they have a quarry and it's bad. They haven't been informed about what that means. They haven't been informed if anything on that quarry is even accurate or inaccurate. They haven't been informed about how to read the code that their quarry is coded in. Arin's group was one of many that spent years advocating for a change in policy. And in 2011, they finally saw some progress. A new reform law in Massachusetts will make it a bit easier for someone with a record to decode their criminal offender record information, Corey, to access it online and spot errors. Why Corey reform? Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick recognized the pitfalls created by Corey's when he addressed the state legislature urging passage of Corey reform. Because ex-offenders who need work too often find our Corey system turns a minor, even a minor offense, into a life sentence by permanently keeping them out of a job. A good job is the best tool to prevent repeat offending. Corey reform has three significant parts. First, applications for jobs and even apartments had to eliminate the box on applications asking about felonies. This provision, also known as banning the box, has already taken effect in Massachusetts, the second state to do so after Hawaii. Aaron Tanaka is executive director of Boston Workers Alliance, which lobbied hard for Corey reform. Removing that criminal record question uh, was so important. It, it's both a symbolic and pragmatic uh, type of reform. The symbolic idea is that people shouldn't be weeded out or just because you have a, a case uh, doesn't mean that you would not be able to perform the duties of a job. In a very practical level, eliminating the upfront screening mechanism uh, gives people a chance to again get their foot in the door and make a case to the employer about why they would be a valuable employee. Second, when cases are dismissed or there's no conviction, people won't get quarries in the future. But private criminal databases pose a problem, especially when they have the wrong information. Although the new Massachusetts law doesn't prevent errors from getting into private databases, Tanaka says it does take a novel approach to the problem. What we found is that, particularly with these private background check employers, that their data is not always as accurate as the state's official system. And sometimes they release information that, for example, cases that were found not guilty or cases that were dismissed are still getting put out to employers. And so one of the goals of the Cory reform legislation was also to actually make the state uh, system uh, upgraded and more modern so that it can be uh, as convenient for employers to use as the private background check systems. And also we were able to build in some liability protections for employers that are using the state system as opposed to the private background check system. 
A third major reform in criminal record keeping in Massachusetts is that Corey's will eventually get sealed. After five years of clean time for misdemeanors and 10 years for felonies. Other states are watching Massachusetts as a possible model for reforming their own criminal records laws. But critics like private investigator Michael Corwin of New Mexico argue that in some cases, people have a perpetual right to know about a person's background when they hire employees or rent out apartments. It depends on the nature of the criminal records as to how long they should be kept. I believe felonies should be forever. And uh, misdemeanors that should be kept forever are domestic violence and DWI cases. Aaron Tanaka agrees that records of domestic violence cases should be kept open, but not with a DWI if a person has gone five years without one. As for whether felonies should remain unsealed, Tanaka says it depends on the nature of the offense. Some of the most severe types of offenses, crimes that led into led to the death of a person or crimes that were in, involved um, sexual violence, are not eligible to be sealed. I think there is a recognition that certain types of offenses, uh, no matter how old, are worth knowing. But, you know, we felt that the vast majority of people who are incarcerated and are suffering from Cori discrimination are uh, convicted of nonviolent, uh, usually economic-related offenses. Even Governor Patrick assured lawmakers that shortening the length of time criminal background records are kept open poses no threat to public safety. Studies show that the risk of reoffending after this much time has elapsed crime-free is the same as for you and me, meaning people with no prior criminal record. As cash-strapped states comb through their budgets for cuts, many are rethinking their incarceration policies. Massachusetts spends $48,000 a year to house each prisoner, about as much as the state would spend to send a student to Harvard. Julie Roberts is on the board of directors at Northeastern University School of Law in Boston, and she worked for the Drug Policy Alliance. She's lobbied for drug law reform in both New Mexico and Massachusetts. Roberts says early release for nonviolent drug offenders is a way to cut prison operation costs without jeopardizing public safety. If we're going to talk about public safety, if we're going to talk about improving our communities, we have to talk about reentry. We have to talk about access to jobs and housing and public assistance because these folks, whether you like it or not, are coming back and they're going to be coming back to your streets and your neighborhoods and your communities. So do you want someone coming out of jail and prison who maybe received services, who received substance abuse treatment, and then upon their release have the skills necessary to get a job, to get housing? Like Roberts, prisoner advocate Lois Ahrens urges politicians to expand rehabilitation and counseling services to people in Massachusetts jails and prisons. She says these programs are essential to keep newly released prisoners from going back to prison. And if they call it recidivism, what does that mean? It means these horrible criminals, you let them out, and the first thing that happens is they become recidivists. Well, no. The first thing that happens is these horrible criminals are drug addicts. And if they're not getting good treatment or if they're not getting, or just the process of becoming a recovering drug addict, is that you might use drugs again. I used cocaine for many years. It was like 
I battled because, thank God for my wife at the time, because I didn't know I had a problem. Because we had a house and we had cars and I never realized it was a problem. I just thought it was something that I did. And when I got divorced in 90 is when my addiction exploded because then there was no safety net. There was no nagging wife, so to speak. Once an addiction takes off, the addict makes bad choices. That's what happened to Donald Washington. How it went down, it went down like this. I worked evenings and I took some money from petty cash. I went to go use. I was stopped by the police. I had been under surveillance for three or four months and I went to jail. Uh, my bail at the time was $150,000. The charge ended up being theft from employer. And I had no idea that that would ruin me as far as getting a job for the rest of my life. You know, I think one of the most harmful aspects of the drug war is the fact that it's, it's a war on people and it's a war on families. By the turn of the century, one in five people in prison were locked up for drugs, a 12-fold increase in 20 years. Roberts believes it's time for society to shift its views of drug addiction if progress is to be made. Drug addiction is a public health problem. It has nothing to do with the criminal justice system. And we, we need, collectively, the we, us in our communities, our legislators, our politicians, our state officials, have to begin to realize that and shift our focus from building jails, from building prisons, from having these barriers to employment and housing and education for people with convictions to true rehabilitation, true treatment programs, services, classes, programs that are going to help folks rebuild their lives, get back on their feet, and be functioning and contributing members to society and their families. California, Connecticut, Minnesota, and New Mexico have banned the box from state job applications. More than 25 major cities across the nation have done the same. Other states have laws pending, and the news for public safety is promising. There's some indication recidivism rates are going down, where the box asking about a criminal record is banned. Still, one big piece of reforming the criminal record system in Massachusetts and elsewhere is yet to be done. That's bringing the totally unregulated private market and background checks under control. Until that happens, millions of job seekers who have had a brush with the law will find themselves locked out. For Making Contact with Deborah Beagle, I'm Francesca Rhiannon.